Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, you all, of course, have heard me uh, talk a great deal about how African-Americans are targeted on social media more than any other group especially when it comes to disinformation and especially in this campaign season. So there's a project we want to talk about today. Um, it's, it's called the Win Black Palante Initiative. Andre Banks and Ashley Bryant join us today to talk all about it. Ashley and Andre, how are you both? Well, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, Ashley, let's start with you. Tell us about this uh, campaign initiative and how it came to be. Sure. Um, well, as you uh, framed us up, you know, uh, misinformation and disinformation targeting Black uh, and Latinx voters has only got has only gotten increasingly worse. Uh, coming out of the 2016 election, you know what we saw was a massive operation um, by foreign agents trying to misinform, uh, mislead, and ultimately uh, 
discouraged black voters from showing up to the polls. And so coming out of 2016 and beyond, uh, we have started a rapid content operation called Win Black Palante, which is essentially um, a campaign to counter uh, the misinformation and disinformation attacks that we're seeing currently targeting Black and Latinx voters um, and helping to really craft the narrative from now until Election Day, but also uplifting education for voters to make sure that we are showing up uh, on November 3rd. Andre, what are some of the things you all are doing to counter the disinformation? Yeah, quite a few things. Um, you know, the first is, you know, listening and learning to see where our folks are actually being targeted. So that means you know, we wake up every day and we pull together a group that looks at the latest research breaking to understand what people are saying, where people are trying to drive the conversation among Black and Latinx folks. Um, and so the first piece of it is just understanding where misinformation is happening. And the second thing that we're doing is we make stuff every day. So instead of just trying to push back against what's not true, we try to make new content that helps people know the facts about voting by mail about how they can get registered, when and where, when election day is, where they need to go, where they need to be. And then we work with these partners all around the country to make sure that, you know, not just hundreds or thousands, but millions of Black and Latinx folks get that good information. So we know what happened in 2016, Ashley, but we've got some indication, not probably as many details as we like to have from the current Senate Intelligence Committee this year in 2020 that Russia is, is up to some of the same stuff. Do you all have uh, any more information from the Senate Intelligence Committee's queries than the rest of us do? Is there anything you can share? Is the targeting in 2020 of African-Americans worse than the targeting in, in 2016? Yeah, maybe I'll jump in and say, you know, one, one thing about the Senate panel was that they only track this after the fact, which wasn't very helpful. So they only, in you know, January, February, 2017, they were going back and figuring out what, what, what happened, but then it had already happened to us. And so now what we're seeing is not exactly the same kinds of attacks, but actually an evolution of the attacks. So actually the people who before were making Facebook groups, impersonating black people, um, make a Facebook group called Blacktivists run by Russian agents, trying to like lure black people in, starting these conversations, and then, you know, trying to talk us out of participating in the process, political process. Now what you see is more uh, elevated tactics where they're even, even trickier in some cases, really trying to put out content that's harder for the platforms to identify, harder to get shut down. So that's why we sort of created this project that is really looking every day and looking kind of in the corners of the internet where that might be less obvious where these folks are, are now hiding very much active. Ashley, are you doing a, a better job of this? Is your operation doing a better job of this than the political parties themselves, do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're creating a model that should have already existed, right? And we're hoping that, you know, coming out of this, we can show folks that when you show up early, you find the resources, you are um, paying the proper attention to these tactics that are attacking, you know, the Black and Latinx vote. I mean, this is a weaponization of digital media. This is not a 
partisan issue. This is a attack on our democracy. It's to suppress the vote in our in our community blocks. And so this should be something that is adopted uh, by parties, by, you know, by organizations across the board to ensure that we have an inclusive uh, election. We have an election that represents all our communities in every corner of this in this country. Um, and so, yes, I, I would say that, you know, we haven't seen anyone be able to have a, ca a campaign operation that is specifically to protect the Black and Latinx vote and to really educate folks on, you know, this misinformation and disinformation that's in the space. Um, and we're certainly help, hoping to see this model replicated uh, for election cycles to come. Um, but I wonder, are we early enough to, with your project, to impact this current election cycle to do anything about it or are we too late yeah you know we we stood this up we started working on it last october and we stood it up earlier this year so we've actually been going for a while now and part of what that has meant is building relationships with um you know now getting close to 100 organizations in 15 states um, where Black and Latinx votes are going to make a huge difference in how the election goes. So I think we actually are in a pretty good place right now. Now we have to do all of that really important work. This is really when people are making those final decisions. It's when those registrations have to go in, when those votes have to actually get mailed, ballots have to get requested. So I think we can't like relax now, but we do have enough time to really make an impact and make sure that people are getting, you know, getting the information they need to get inspired and, and participate. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that, yeah, I just say, you know, the sweet spot is it's not just us, you know, we built a model that brings in to Andre's point, grassroots organi organizers across the country. And so we're also tapping into the communities that they've already built both online and on the ground. Um, and so, you know, with this being a partnership between our campaign, but also these organizations that have been doing the work on the ground for years, um, that gives us a, a greater advantage. Um, you, you mentioned, and I agree, it's not a, um, a at least it shouldn't be, a, a partisan issue. But aren't the attacks largely uh, and the targeting largely of a, of a one-sided partisan nature, or am I wrong about that? Yeah, I mean, what, we've, what we saw, you know, what that Senate report that we talked about said the last time was that, you know, Russian agents intervened in the election, but they didn't intervene neutrally. They definitely intervened to get Donald Trump elected, um, which is part of why we understood um, that part of what they were trying to do was convince Black people to, to sit out the election. Um, even Trump himself said, was quoted uh, this week by, I think it was uh, by The Hill, saying that, you know, in, in at the beginning of 2017, he said, a lot of Black people didn't vote, and that was great for me. Right, right. That was, that was great for me that they decided to sit this one out. So, you know, while our work isn't partisan, while we're not doing it to get anyone elected, we do know that partisan actors do rely on blocking us from participating as they have since we've had the right to vote. You know, this is just an extension of that that same story. And so we, we while we're not partisan ourselves, we do know those partisan actors are, are for sure making this worse. So, Ashley, one of the things I've been talking to uh, colleagues about um, 
that was just on a call the other night. And, and I was one of the 100 black men who sent um, the letter to the Biden campaign um, calling out some of the misogynoir toward Senator Kamala Harris. Um, we are seeing even more of that online. From what we can glean, targeting black men in particular. And, and I wonder if what I'm about to subscribe falls into what you all would agree is, is the category of targeting and disinformation um, and, and a disproportionate amount of, of posts coming from who's nowhere, uh, questioning her citizenship, Senator Harris's citizenship, um, exaggerating her record as a prosecutor um, with almost little or no count information of, of facts. Uh, um, uh, basically calling her a hoe too. Now the word in January 2019 was bed wench and it evolved into hoe and some other things. Um, and it's, and it's, I've noticed it have an impact on black men and black millennial and Gen Z women and men, which has been just shocking to me. Uh, is this an example, do you think, of some of the targeting that is going on? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and quite frankly, you know, we were prepared for this. It's not a surprise, unfortunately, right? But what you have described is it's, it's disinformation. It is a, a coordinated, a sophisticated attack um, that we see, especially on uh, Black women leaders across the board. And I think your targeting uh, question around targeting Black men is, is spot on. You know, this is another, you know, as, as Andre said, an evolution, right, of these tactics. These are coming from, um, in, you know, impersonating our voice, our tone, um, thinking, making Black men think that another Black man activist is giving them this misinformation around Senator Harris, Senator Harris um, around Biden's policies. Um, and that is the type of sophistication that we are working up against, right? Um, and they are uh, strategically targeting black men with messages like this. They're strategically um, targeting uh, younger voters as, as well um, and using, you know, this racist, sexist, uh, misogynistic, you know, tropes essentially to divide and misinform folks on, you know, the facts. Right. And so those are things, you know, we've been working pretty hard over the last couple of weeks to uplift, um, you know, Kamala's record, um, uplift the accomplishments and the actual issues that she is supporting that are advantageous for the black community, especially. Um, and so that, you know, this is something that we're not going to see go away, but we are holding uh, folks accountable, even, you know, media. We are holding people accountable to how they uh, talk about th this candidacy, how they talk about her work um, and respecting her place as, as a leader, as a senator, and as a Black woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I forgot to mention, the, the interracial marriage question, and now that has, you know, it's interesting to me, I'm Black, we, we, all of us on here are Black. 
I've not seen in the past few years as much debate about interracial marriage as I'm seeing all of a sudden when she's running. Right. And I'm thinking, well, am I crazy? When did I miss talk? Because I'm as black as everybody, talk to black folk every day. You know, she got elected four or five times to high office in California. Not a single public demonstration against her record. Now, all of a sudden, you know, she like Hillary Clinton is responsible for the crime bill, even though neither one of them voted for it. And it's interesting when you look at these accounts, Andre, you just scroll it. I tell people this all the time. When you see accounts doing this and just go through the timeline, just glance through it. And there's nary a criticism of either Donald Trump or any other white male politician like Sanders and Biden who both voted for the crime bill. I was on a, um, a Facebook live with a dude the other night. He was saying this and I went full Al Pacino on him. Say something about a white man. Say something about a white man. I mean, you know, because you just was, she was criticizing black women. You know, it's like these. So I, I guess what, I, what I'd like to know is, Andre, the, is it kind of a social media tree? So all you need is a couple of illegitimate accounts to go viral. And then the naive kind of pick up the narrative, don't they? Is that the way it works? That is a, I mean, this is a part of the way that it works. I mean, you know, you have a couple of bad actors and you also have these bots and the bots are insidious because what they actually do is they look for people who are trying to have a real discussion and then they just automate messages to kind of egg you on and to like drag the conversation down. Um, to your example, we once um, recently saw a set of posts that were like, you know, out of nowhere producing all of this support for President Trump. Um, when he was getting criticized. And when we actually followed it back, there was one po one Facebook profile producing 7,000 messages in four days. Like it's physically impossible to, to have done this. It's just it's just one of these bots driving, driving things down. So I think, you know, you really do see, you know, quite a bit of that happening. And I think your, your point is such, is so the right one. You know, ultimately this is all happening on our own feeds. We all have a responsibility to do the double click, to look and see who's actually driving that conversation. If they're, exactly as you said, criticizing Kamala all day long, but they have literally nothing else on their profile, or they've never made another, they're not criticizing Trump who has done, I mean, I, I don't have to explain that, but uh, th that's where we have to really ask ourselves the question, you know, if somebody is telling us that we shouldn't vote, we shouldn't participate, we should just turn off, why do we think that's somebody who's on our side? Why is that somebody who we, who we think is trying to help us get, get what we want, what we want for our communities? Yeah, that, that's, and I've said to people, that should be a red flag. I spoke at a, I spoke at the, uh, last year, I spoke at the Peoria NAACP Freedom Fund Banquet. And, you know, when you're speaking at a banquet and people eat, eating, you can hear the, the plates and dishes, you know, tinkling in the background. But then I started talking about it, and this was an older crowd, so they mostly look at Facebook. Mm. And I was walking them through things they might see on their timeline. And I said, if anybody on your timeline is talking about not voting, that's when we're targeted for disinformation. For the rest of the time I talked, never happened before, you didn't hear a plate or fork or knife move. Because those people could relate to that. They had seen all of this kind of thing in their timeline and obviously were 
you know, wondering about it impacting because it makes you think you're crazy. You see other black folk I'm like, well, these conversations never happened before on my timeline. Uh, Ashley, have you all taken a look at, at ADOS? We have. I mean, you know, they're on our radar, obviously, as, as we go through our research briefs and our, we're doing this social listening work. So we definitely have, um, you know, uncovered their messaging, their conspiracy theories and things like that. We're certainly not putting a lot of attention to that or, um, you know, because again, you know, one of the biggest tactics is that we, we always want to educate people, but we don't want to amplify, right, these, these bad actors. We don't want to amplify any of these narratives, but we are keeping a pulse on, you know, what we see. If, if things become hot button issues, uh, we do often decide if, if it is something that we need to dispel uh, publicly in the space, but we certainly don't have a, 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 a prioritized uh, watch right. for, their, for their work. Yeah, well, no, the only reason I ask because they've latched on to a particular issue mm-hmm. as illegitimately as they can. Those of us who've been involved in reparations movement for decades, and now they're using So the latest post I've seen is that if the Democrats don't cut us a check for reparations, we should not vote. I'm like, wait a minute. The Democratic Party is probably going to pass H.R. 40 in the House either before the election or after. But people are being disinformed. No one knows that. And so this is part of what, you know, keeps getting churned out there to confuse people. In fact, the the flyer actually said, we've been enslaved 400 years. We can stand four more years of Trump. All right. (laughs) This is what's being put out there. So it all goes together. Andre, can you kind of, if you're at liberty, give us a little tease of, of, of kind of what happens behind the scenes when you see some of this activity and and what are the the action steps that you take? Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that we do. Um, One, and you know, we're looking for this stuff every day. So a big piece of this is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, those things are always, some version of those things are always gonna be showing up on people's feeds. There's going to be somebody with that flyer. There's going to be the thing that tells people not to vote. So we see our big thing is to look at where, what are the stories that people are being told that are untrue? And then how do we get to the same level of scale stories that are true to compete? So that at least if you see that story on your feed, you see something else right after it and around it that says the opposite, that actually like, 170,000 people died of COVID this year, disproportionately Black and Latinx. They can't wait four more years to like have a different act, to be in a different place, to have a different set of actions taken. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that we're turning out every day. And so what it really looks like is our team is making gifts. We're making memes. We're making short videos. We made a video explaining um, Senator Harris's record, talking about what she did in California, what she's actually said on some of the most controversial issues that we see a lot of misinformation about. And then we put it out. We bought ads on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, we sent it to our partners in uh, all across these different states around the country. And so we're always every day creating that stuff that can compete on people's feeds that we need to be sharing to make sure that the, the good information gets out. Ashley, can, well, do you think this is having an impact on millennial and Gen Z voters who get most of their information? from Instagram and Twitter. Do you all feel that you're having an impact on them? 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, to your point, they are largely on these platforms. And we've also done, you know, one of the things that is helpful and, and we like to uplift is that when we're talking to Black and Latinx voters, we're also acknowledging that, like, we're not monolithic, right? We have to understand, you know, the types of messages where folks are playing. It's not just a blanket, we're just on social media to be on social media, but we've actually done some research in, in partnership with Harmony Labs that really do, uh, dove into uh, Black media consumption and looking at Black audiences online and looking through the segmentation as well. And so to your point, we're having a deeper impact because we've done the research to really understand the individual pieces uh, within, our, within our communities so that we're creating content that is going to be resonant with these voices. And we're not just talking to Black folks as a whole because we think we all are interested in the same thing, right? It's more about um, understanding what are the messages, what are the visuals that are gonna move people um, and what's going to inspire folks. And so we're, that's really a, a, a key piece of, of our model. Yeah, very, very important work um, uh, you all are doing. Um, and it's so needed. Um, you know, we, these are issues that, that many of us are fighting every day. And for those of us who are trying to put out um, true information, it, it can be uh, kind of overwhelming. And, and frankly, it has um, a negative impact on the consumers. People get uh, frustrated. It, it almost can be so overwhelming. It, it creates a level of apathy, Andre, people just throw their hands up and say, I just can't, I can't take it anymore, Andre. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what the other side wants. Same as a, same as a poll tax or a literacy test. They, you want people to feel like this is too hard to participate. It's too hard to exercise this power. And when we, and when we, when that happens, then we don't. And then we end up in, you know, exactly the situation that we've, that we've seen across, across the time, but we're not represented we don't get the things that we want from from federal legislators or state, um, and that's what we have to, I think, resist. And one thing we keep coming back to is like this really, really simple idea, which is that when we do show up, when we do move together, big things change. Big things. We elect Obama in a landslide. <laughs> if we actually want to show up, you know, the people who we show up for will win, um, and that is really our starting point on this. Is like like so many other places where black folks, Latinx folks come into the story. We make the story different, we change it, we make it bigger, we make it better. It's the same thing at elections and that's exactly why people are trying to make it harder and make us feel depressed about participating. And so we've got to fight that, we've got to fight, help our friends fight it um, and organize across these last sort of, you know, 60, 70 days to make sure that as many of us get out as possible. Ashley, does Trump help though? I mean, maybe we need a commercial with him saying, it helps him when we don't vote. Or not voting is a vote for him. Can we do a commercial like that or something? Literally. I, I wish we could. <laughs> but I know, I mean, to your point, you know, and and we say this all the time, but Trump isn't doing himself any favors, right? He's not, you know, one thing that we do know is he's not gaining support, right? He's solidifying his base for sure, but he's not gaining any support. And so let him keep talking <laughs> and we'll keep doing our work. Yeah, yeah. Um, folks on, uh, across social, social media, is 
is when black or is it when black and Palante? Is it both? Yeah. Uh, you can so our handles, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Our handles are uh, at we win black on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and then we also have our website, winblack.org, which also is a, a voter action center. So folks can check their registration, um, they can request their vote by mail, and we're also evolving the site as well to have uh, voting facts by state, especially in the age of COVID, just to make sure voters can be educated. And I assume those listening can help your work and get involved by sharing some of the information you post, correct? Absolutely. We want to invite people to do that. We win black across social media. You all know how much I've talked about this, how urgent this is. We got to fight this on a lot of fronts. As soon as we hang up, we got to go get the post office back reopened. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Social media, post office, doing everything. If our votes were not so important and so difference making, people would not be trying to suppress them. All right? So. Uh, we need to understand that Ashley Bryant and Andre Bankshaw are doing the Lord's work this campaign season and beyond. I want to thank you both for joining us, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much. Glad to be with you. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.